battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode. My guest this week is going to be Anna Beal from Cowpoke in Buffalo, New York, and we talk a, a lot about some really good subjects. You know, we talk about how to kind of create a, a safe space for LGBTQ clients, um, how to approach it as really just, you know, equality, you know, not really kind of trying to exploit uh, a particular market, but just how to make it a, a space that's comfortable for, for everyone. Um, and then we kind of start to talk about uh, genital piercings again. I, I know I've brought it up a lot on the show. I know that some people might be sick of, of hearing about it. And, you know, I'm winding it down. You know, I, I think I've kind of... Uh, created my own little journey of talking about it and thinking about it. And part of that was I got some really good constructive criticism this week uh, about some of the the subjects I've been talking about on the show. You know, a lot of it comes from a place of my own personal privilege, my own personal experiences. And uh, we explore that a lot with Anna and it's a really good conversation. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the intro. I just kind of want to jump into it because uh, I I feel like we hit all the points that, uh, that I wanted to hit. Got some good information for my friends in the Ontario, Canada region. I think I'm just about ready to uh, finalize a class Sunday, November 4th in Hamilton, Ontario. Um, I will have all the information available on my website, precisionbodyarts.com backslash seminars, as soon as I have it available. As soon as I have that venue confirmed, uh, I will open up registration. I can get people signed up for that class. Uh, It's going to be a good one. It's going to be my full-day freehand seminar, Understanding and Applying Freehand Piercing Techniques. That's the same class that I've done in... California, uh, in London, in Chicago, uh, you know, I've gotten a really, really good response over it, and I've really gotten to refine that class, so I'm really excited to teach that one in Canada. Uh, I do have plans to teach more on the uh, the west coast of Canada, but that's probably not going to be until 2019. As far as 2018 goes, it's looking like it's probably just going to be this uh, Ontario class and hopefully a Portland, Oregon class. Um, If I have time to squeeze in anything else, you know, I've got a lot of interest for a class around the L.A. area. Maybe I can try to squeeze one in there, too, before the end of the year. But it's going to get a little bit tough. You know, I'm going to be gone for a lot of September and October for teaching at various conferences and different APP events I have to do. And then, you know, obviously uh, in the U.S. anyway, November and December, it's a lot of holiday stuff going on. So I'll try to squeeze in as much as I can. Um, And if I don't have time to do it in 2018, believe me, I'll definitely be doing it in 2019. I want to really get a a lot of seminars in for probably the first two or three months of the year at least. So you can go ahead and uh, stay up to date. You know, follow my new Facebook page. I made one for uh, Body Art Education by Ryan Willett. Uh, and that'll also have uh, all the all the different info and event pages and all that. And you can sign up and, and f- kind of follow what's going on for, for the classes. Um, I've got some new t-shirts available. Um, I've got my Defend Piercing shirt that's still available. I had a reprint of that. And I have my new Don't External Thread on Me shirt 
Um, hopefully by the time this episode goes up, I should have my web store functional, and that's just going to be at precisionbodyarts.com. So you can go uh, on there, buy any sort of shirts, you know, and that helps support the show. Um, but it also helps support me and uh, go into all my wrestling shows. So let's jump into this week's interview with Anna Beal, and I'll be back after that. So my name is Anna Beal. Um, I work at Cowpoke in Buffalo, New York. We have two locations in the city. Um, you can find me usually on Instagram with my hashtag is piercings by Anna Beal, B-E-A-L-L, or you can find my profile uh, at Bonanza with four A's. Bonanza. So um, one one topic that I wanted to talk to you about, and you know we we've gone back and forth a little bit on Facebook, kind of getting ready for this interview, um, and you brought up the topic of LGBTQ inclusiveness, and um, I. I've talked to lots of different piercers in lots of different areas and they've kind of given their take on uh, what it takes to kind of create that space. And for me, and this will come up a little bit later when we talk about other subjects, um, how, how would you suggest that piercers make it obvious that they, that they have a, a safe space for, for everyone, you know, especially if that's not how they identify? Um, what are some ways that they can kind of, you know, put out that welcoming hand without coming off as, as cheesy or, you know, like they're just trying to kind of like exploit, um, a a market. Totally. So not every piercer at Cowpoke is obviously queer or part of the LGBTQ community, but we want to cultivate that identity that you feel safe here. Um, and like two really easy ways that we did that was we have a simple rainbow flag, not huge by any means, but just small draping over, buy it in the front lobby so that you can kind of see it when you're filling out your paperwork. Mm -hmm. And then on the front door and actually the corner of it, we just have a rainbow flag in the front corner of it. So you don't have to be screaming it by any means, but just simple, small signs that even though you might not see a queer person inside of it, we are okay for you to come in Mm -hmm. and we are accepting of your identity for that. Yeah. I've had on my website for, for a couple of years now, I've just had like a small equality symbol down at the bottom, you know? And yeah. uh, again, it's, it's subtle, it's simple. You know, it, it's not like I, I want to alienate people who are, you know, okay. So if someone is discriminatory, then I, I don't want them as my customer anyway. Um, right. but you know, if someone's just kind of like middle of the road, like, you know, they, they're not for or against anything, you know, they just want to, they want to live their own lives. You know, I don't, I don't want to be too blatant about it, you know, but I do want people to understand that, um, you, you know, New Hampshire studios get kind of a bad rap, you know, some of them earn that, that bad rap. And, uh, you know, I, I want to make it comfortable for people to come in, you know, and not just people of, you know, different identities as far as, you know, gender or sexuality goes, but, you know, different ethnicities and, you know, different language groups and things like that. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've heard bad stories. I'm sure you've heard bad stories. I'm sure everybody's heard bad stories of the shop in town that's specifically not into it, you know? Um, and you know, I, I think it's important to, to, you know, if, if you are that safe space to, to let it be known that you're that safe space, but you know, at the same time, um, you don't want to, I I don't know, I I guess risk alienating other clientele. Um, but I don't know. I I don't know how to really articulate the point. (sighs) I get what you're saying. I think that we've taken on a little bit opposite of that mentality. Like we walk in the pride parade every year. Mm-hmm. Um, we are giant pierced nipples for the pride parade. So we are very open with how supportive we are of LGBTQ people in Buffalo, New York, and just as a whole. Um, but we are also when the first, when 
a generic customer comes in the studio, you might not see that right off the bump. But people who are looking for symbols of that, they can see the small rainbow flag in the corner Mm -hmm. and hanging over the top of the air vent, like that kind of stuff. On our social media, we definitely are a little bit more overtly supportive of it and have very inclusive kind of mantras that we go with online. Like we every year we give out T-shirts that say uh, everybody's a little gay. We do 100 of them as a free run. And we're trying to, over the years, create the rain- like every color of the rainbow. So every year the colors of the T-shirts will be different. Hmm. So I get what you're trying to say of like not trying to alienate someone who is not supportive of marriage equality or even just being gay. Well, it's not so much the people that are not support because if, if people are, are right anti, then not yeah, support. that's that's right. not uh, that's not what I'm interested in. Yeah. Yes, I, you're also trying to not push anybody away who might not want to be blatantly like associated with that. I get I get that. Um, I guess we we definitely just try to make any person come in as comfortable as possible, whether right. that's like middle aged mom from the suburbs. Or someone who, like, is a trans youth. Subtle little nuances with your conversation and tone can obviously make a huge difference in that. And, like, how you handle pronouns, if you're unsure, that kind of stuff. But um, we're not trying to, when you first walk in the studio, say, hey, we're gay. We're into this. Um, but we want people to know that we you are okay when you come out and hang out here. For me, it's always been kind of a point where... Yeah, I just don't want it to come off the wrong way. But, you know, I, I try to just treat everybody with respect. And, right. you know, through through my whole life, I, you know, that that's how I was raised by my my parents. And, you know, uh, um, and, and now with my studio, you know, I, I try to kind of foster that same mentality of like, um, I want to I want to treat everybody with the same level of respect, you know, but I, I realize that there are there are certain obstacles that people have had, you know, in our industry and in life, you know, and I, I, I want to try to make them feel as comfortable as possible, you know, so it's, it's little things like when people come in, you know, I'll, I'll talk to them and, uh, you know, it'll be, uh, what's your preferred name? You know, you don't have to write down right. your legal name and I'm not going to call you the name that's on your ID, you know, like if you have a, a different name, like tell me your name and, you know, I'll, I'll tell you my name and, and that's how we talk to each other, you know, and, um, you know, not using gendered pronouns and, uh, you know, a, a big thing that I took away from conference this year is to stop saying, you know, male genital piercings, female genital piercings, right. you know, and penile piercings and vulva piercings and, and that kind of terminology. And, you know, as, as someone who's just trying to, just trying to make a good space for people, sometimes, you know, I struggle because I don't, I don't want to say something insensitive, uh, just because I'm, you know, I haven't, I haven't been exposed to something or I haven't had a certain kind of interaction with someone and, and I don't know, you know, what, what's, what's the right environment to create for people, you know? And, um, I saw a really cool sticker that soul tribe did for, for pride month. And it was like a mm-hmm. really cool soul tribe logo rainbow sticker. And, and I was like, you know what? I, I want to do something like that for next year. And I want to sponsor the pride event in Nashua. And I want to, I want to do this and I want to do that. And, you know, I, it, it never really occurred to me as like, you know, oh, well, people might be against this. And it's like, well, so what? If people are against that, then right. we're not the right fit for them anyway for as a studio. Right. That's kind of what our mentality boiled down to. Like, it, it goes beyond just a political spectrum. Like, it's treating another human being with just decency and respect and, like, appreciating who they are as a person and who they love. Um, so 
I think that if we are going to alienate certain clients because we're so supportive of the LGBTQ population, um, then they can find piercings and tattooers elsewhere. Right. Um, um, but I also understand not wanting to shove it down the throats of every client who comes in. Like definitely during Pride, we promoted a little bit more. And during the month of June, we did actually a blog post that kind of went over our guidelines and rules when it comes to queer inclusivity in the studio and what we expect for legality purposes and like names. And we've started switching over to just saying to someone like, hey, do you have a different name you go by? Mm -hmm. Because you don't have to do even preferred um, you can just make it more casual. Cause like it could be from Alex to Allie. Like it doesn't really matter right. if it's even a gender name. It could just be an abbreviated version of the same name mm-hmm. and it makes it more, it's less alienating for just like queer people. Like it, just because you're trans doesn't mean that even you changed your name. Like you could still be transitioning and figuring out what name you want to be going by. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're unsure of their gender, just say they, we've really tried to normalize they, them pronouns in the studio. Like if you are unsure in any direction, just say they or call them by their first name that's that's so, a, a big thing you know so there were there yeah. was a period in time where um i i needed another counter staff person and um i had a a, a regular client who is a, a trans individual and uh, kind of a gendered individual and you know so mm-hmm. the, the whole studio was really comfortable with <laughs> with using kind of uh, neutral pronouns because you know we we had given this person a, a shot and you know through through a trial it didn't really work out as a as a staff member but you know it's right. it's one of those things where um it was just good to know that the rest of the staff it just felt natural to them you know i didn't have to worry about like oh this person's pushing back that's going to be a headache for me sometime sometime down the road you know and right um stuff like that you know and as, as someone who is, you know, the age I am, you know, coming up on 40, you know, uh, through the majority of my life, you didn't have that kind of mentality of like, you know, you're trying to make, you know, people comfortable being themselves and, you know, different pronouns and different things like that. So sometimes I, I still do slip up and I, I will stay, you know, say things like a, a female pronoun, male pronoun, or, you know, I slip up on trying to a name or whatever. And, you know, and hopefully people get the sense that like, you know, I'm not you know, an asshole. I'm just trying, you know, right. trying to learn <laughs> the, the terminology big... as I go, basically, you know, I, I think the big thing is if you do, I, I still use incorrect pronouns for certain people every now and then. And like, no one is going to be perfect 100% of the time. It, it is human nature to just say the wrong thing sometimes. But the big thing is like, if someone is, uh, not going by female or male pronouns, but you accidentally use one, or if you use the wrong pronoun, apologize, but don't make it a huge deal. Mm -hmm. And then if they say, oh, it's okay, say, no, it's not, I'll do better in the future. Acknowledge that you've made a mistake. Don't let them apologize for your mistake. And if they do, then correct and just say, no, I'm going to do better in the future. Um, I think one of the big things that sometimes people do is they overcompensate in a lot of times in their apology. Like, Mm -hmm don't turn it into a huge thing. Like it's not right. the end of the fucking world. Like right. it's really not just say you're sorry, move on. And if they try to apologize for you saying, sorry, just say you're going to do better in the future. It's as simple as that. I'm Acknowledge just going to call validation. everybody dude from now on. I'm just going to be like, what's up dude? Just everybody. My, I don't care what they look I, like. I've been really using buddy a lot. Like, yeah. Hey bud, how you doing? Come on over buddy. Let's do this. Or 
moral support is my favorite one because like if someone's coming into the piercing room to like hold their hand or as a client's buddy um moral support is like not only gender neutral but it's also relationship neutral Mm -hmm. because like i don't know if that older man is your father or your daddy and we don't want to discuss that right now so that's totally fine (laughs) there are all kinds of moments where it's even just like you know one client walks to the door and they, they sit down on the table and i'm like oh did you want your friend in the room with you like i don't know what what your relationship i don't know if this is a relative or a partner or whatever so it's always just kind of like your friend maybe yeah uh every i just say literally everybody gets moral support everybody gets a hand holder come on in so it's just very all around neutral at that point you don't have to worry about like assuming anything in that situation (laughs) right you know and i I know there are probably going to be some people that that listen to a podcast like this i don't i don't feel like too much in our industry because i feel like our our industry is really progressive in in our thinking but you know somebody else listens to this and they're like oh they're talking about the pronouns again it's like right you know i i've i've met people like that and i i do know people like that in my life who are like oh okay what what terminology do i have to learn you know today and it's like well you know just try to think about it from someone else's perspective you know if you felt like something that didn't fit into a rigid you know society mold and then somebody just kept calling you something that you didn't feel comfortable with would you just live with it would you just choke it up over over someone else's like convenience you know like no you, you would probably want someone to at least figure out how to speak to you properly you know right and also like language is constantly evolving so people who are like they them is just always gonna be plural in my brain it's like okay cool well like tons of words are always changing their meaning Mm -hmm. like we use such weird abbreviations now that you still can figure it out and also like if you are really the best analogy i've ever heard for like trying to change pronouns for someone who is trans you can change the name of puff daddy to p diddy with no problem and you show him (laughs) respect over that but you can't do it to a human being that you actually know and interact with like in person it's it will take time. If you slip up, you slip up, but just actively try to do it better and try to just respect someone's boundaries. It really, once again, it just boils down to common decency and respect for another human being. Basically. Um, I don't know. Like I've had a couple of people who have tried to use like the, they, them as a plural. It'll never change in their brain, but you naturally, even if you know someone's gender, uh, if they're driving behind the car and you, you, you can just be like, well, they're back there. And you don't mm-hmm. need to always associate gender for someone. It's not always a plural word either. Right. It's just a natural reflex to use that sometimes in like certain sentences. So just use it for someone who identifies as they, them. Right. You That's don't have all. to call somebody a bitch. You could just call everybody an asshole. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, terrible. I mean, I've definitely, I've definitely just switched to asshole. You know, it's just yeah. the most neutral of all terms. <laughs> right. Everybody's got one. Yep, yep, no matter what gender you are. <laughs> so the what, another subject that we, we talked about a little bit in prep for this is talking about um, offering and marketing genital piercings. But uh, yeah. I, again, I, I figure as kind of a transitional thing, I got, I got some uh, constructive criticism to, today, actually, just today, from oh. um, someone else in, in my state and, uh, you know, someone who works with them uh, listened to the show and... You know, the last couple of weeks, I, I don't know if you've listened to any of the recent shows, but, you know, like a, a, ro- a running topic, you know, I talked about it with Jim Ward, was that there are a lot of younger piercers that don't necessarily feel comfortable offering genital piercings. And, right. I, you know, I don't I don't so much have a problem with the people who know how to do genital piercings but choose not to. You know, I think the point that I was really trying to make is that when people just don't engage and they don't even 
try to advance, you know, getting out and shadowing and, and things like that. But mm-hmm. the constructive criticism I got for those kinds of statements and mentality is that it was all filtered through a, a male privilege, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I, I think when you have moments of privilege, whether it's race or gender or finances or, or whatever, sometimes you, you just, you don't see it, you don't pay attention to it. And I think that's where people on the opposite side of the spectrum can kind of, you know, take, take offense to it on, on certain levels, or they can just kind of be bothered by it, you know, uh, but I never really thought of it that way because you know, I'm a I'm a white male, and and you know I don't look like someone who um, would be you know easily preyed upon. Maybe you know, so I can you know I, I approach situations with this you know American confidence kind of thing. You know, right. American dude confidence, and I've never had someone try to be inappropriate to me when I've I've been offering a genital piercing or or talking about it you know I've had some some people who have like made creepy comments and things like that but I have never personally felt unsafe in an environment related to that kind of work you know and right this this person's kind of point was you know not everybody has had as easy of a go with it and there are lots of people who choose to not offer genital piercings because they just don't feel you know, safe and comfortable offering them because they've had clients who have who have acted in predatory ways to them, you know? And um, right. so in talking about genital piercing, you know, I, I, I think that having that criticism, and I do thank the person for their criticism, has kind of changed my outlook on, on the way that I would maybe criticize other piercers. And maybe they have different motivations other than just not being interested or engaged in a, in a subject. You know, maybe there's an active reason why they choose not to be engaged in that subject. I agree with that. And I think that a lot of, especially a lot of like female piercers or queer piercers out there um, who choose not to engage, um, it might even be stemming from like previous situations where they've been sexually assaulted or they've had clients specifically interact with them in a negative way when Mm -hmm. they're trying to even just change jewelry for genital piercings. So I, I understand to a point not wanting to engage. Um, I think that it is unfortunate when there are piercers who just don't want to because they don't have anybody directly to learn underneath. Like, I will check my privilege right now. I had two great mentors who I did not have to travel for. Both of them took me under their wings and both of them offer and like they're very talented genital piercers. And Sarah, my female piercer, she has taught me a lot, but she's also given me the the opportunity to kind of like do my own thing in a lot of ways. Like she's shown me how to do triangles. She's shown me how to do hoods, but at the same time, like she's not going to hover over my shoulder for every single procedure that I do. If I feel comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've also had the opportunity to try out other genital piercings on my coworkers. Like the first outer labia piercing I did with a curved barbell turned out incredible. And I'm in love with it. And it was on my coworker. Um, we were able to heal it really well. So I have the opportunity in a lot of ways to not have to travel to further my knowledge in, in that. And I also have not had any severely creepy conversations with clients while doing genital piercings. Like, don't get me wrong. I've primarily had male customers do odd or unsettling things, but it hasn't been any boundary pushing stuff. Like mm-hmm. I have a couple of clients who routinely only have female piercers change their genital jewelry. And right. they it's not it's not the end of the world because they're not pushing my levels of discomfort, 
but it's still a very particular choice for a very particular reason. Like they will literally come back and only have female piercers change their jewelry. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. I get it. Okay, I'm not I'm not here to also like just like a female piercer who doesn't necessarily want a male piercer. I can see it in both lights. I think that there are two different reasons behind it, but I'm not there to judge your preference if you're not going to make me uncomfortable in those scenarios. Mm-hmm. I think it's all about consent at the end of the day. So, right. <laughs> like if you're not if you're going to do something that I am not okay with, I will be openly okay with criticizing you for it i've even had actually i've even had like a female client previously um make me feel uncomfortable when i was doing her female nipple piercings because she knew not female nipples but just nipple piercings um because she knew i was gay and she like made some offhanded comment about how i must be attracted to her because she was getting topless in front of me and i declined to do the service uh and now i don't do any changes for her in the future like i I have, she has lost me as a piercer pretty much mm-hmm. because once you push that boundary and you make me feel uncomfortable when I'm offering you a service to make you feel more comfortable with your body, you now lose me as a provider. Mm-hmm. We have other people. It's not lo- that you have to lose the studio, but you have other people that you can now go to. Yeah. Um, so I think when it comes down to like learning how to do genital piercings, especially for a lot of, a lot of like young female piercers, I can understand why they feel uncomfortable learning how to do that because it is it can be a predatory situation if someone chooses to to do that um but i think that if you put yourself out there with enough confidence very few people will try to push your boundaries yeah you know i think that also like in the beginning when i first started doing more general piercings you're just not fluid with your hand motion like you are visibly not as comfortable doing this kind of procedure as you are like a nostril piercing sometimes Mm. so if you've only done two pa piercings you're not going to be as fluid as doing like a nostril piercing um so you're going to kind of whether you realize it or not exude that level of discomfort or like not quite as feeling as confident and people can push back on it. So I think it's also like faking it till you make it. Like even if you are not a thousand percent sure of everything that you're about to do next, like you have to just be comfortable and confident and speak with like a certain level of like not cockiness, but knowledge and power behind your voice so that you command the room. Right. You command the room. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Because I think that very few clients will try and push back if you give off the vibe of I am totally in control of the scenario right Mm -hmm. now. Well, also, aside from, like, you know, controlling the situation to keep someone from being a, a creepo, mm-hmm. um, it's it's also just, it it's confidence-inspiring to, you know, the, the you know, the, the, the normal nice customers who are just nervous because they're, they're getting right. a, a piercing in an intimate area, you know? So when I talk to people, uh, as far as, you know, when it, when it comes to genital piercing specifically, you know, I have a very specific routine that I follow, you know? The, the general rule is if someone walks in and asks for anything like that, um, the, the counter staff immediately just has them fill out a release form before I even talk to them because I want to know that they're over 18. I want right. to know that they have their ID, you know, blah, 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 all, all that stuff. Um, make sure they don't have allergies or whatever. And then I'll always, I'll bring them back into the piercing room and that's where I have the conversation. It's not at the front counter and I, you know, they can, they can bring back one person if they want to, but a lot of times I prefer to just talk to them, you know, and it's a, a door open kind of a, a conversation, you know, and. Uh, if, if it becomes a door closed kind of situation, they're, they're more than welcome to have a friend in the room, you know, or, or whoever. Um, but you know, I, I like to talk to them about why they want the piercing, you know, and, right. and I'll, I'll put it in really simple terms, you know, because this is also part of the constructive criticism I got 
is that in the last few episodes where I've been talking about specifically my, my pet peeve of piercers just not learning genital piercings, you know, I would refer to them as like sexually functional piercings and um, erotic piercings and, and things like that uh, because that's kind of how I identify with, with them, you know, and part of the constructive criticism was that, you know, don't forget to, you know, mention people who are, are getting piercings from more of an asexual nature, you know, so that, that is part of my interaction with the client. Basically, right. it's, it's like, it's a fork in the road, you know, and I'll ask them, uh, you know, do you want this for aesthetic reasons or functional reasons? And then right. their answer is, is how the rest of the interaction goes. You know, if they say aesthetic reasons, then, you know, maybe I'll be talking to someone about, a Christina piercing or a labia piercing or a scrotal piercing or a pubic piercing, you know, but then if they say that they want functional piercings, that's when I'll talk more about VCH, triangle, apodravia, PA, things like that, you know, and it's really just what they want to get out of it, you know, and it's part of it is piercing selection and part of it is jewelry and then part of it is, you know, these are considerations you might want to think about for a partner or for aftercare or for just general lifestyle, you know. Right. Um, and, it, you know, I, I don't want to make it seem like the only things that I do in my career are the things I talk about on the show, you know, and um, I would definitely just kind of invite anyone who who seems like this this is a weird topic, you know, and like they're just not comfortable thinking about it. Like, you know, if you're a body piercer, you try to try to get into my studio and we can do a, a shadow day or we can even just talk or you can even email me or even call me up, you know, if, especially if you're one of those younger piercers. Who just feels uncomfortable engaging with with that path for learning you know when you right. need to just talk to somebody you know like i love to talk to people about these piercings specifically because they're intimate to them whether it's for sexual functionality or not you know it's an intimate piercing and it's it's a it's a bond that you create with that client and yeah um, you're also like that client's also exposing a part of their body that they might have only shown to partners in the past to someone who is kind of a legitimate stranger to them so right. it's not just like intimate but it's also like vulnerable and exposing you right. know well that's where part of that authority comes from is like you know, i want right. to let people know that i am a professional and i'm here to treat you like i am a professional and i you know i it's all it's my body language and my my verbal language and, and everything you know and, and uh, that authority is is a big part of it and it all comes from comfort and like you said you know you might need to to fake it a little bit until you actually have that that confidence Oh, I want to say, like, the first PA I ever did, obviously, I had, like, my boss, Keith, watching me. But the first PA, I, I tried so hard to be so confident during the entire thing time. But, like, finding the tube, terrified. I was absolutely terrified. I think I drenched the shirt that I was wearing with sweat <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. But it turned out fine. Like, it was totally fine. It was just horrifying to try and find the steel tube in that gentleman's urethra for the first time right. and like i'm just talking to him the whole time like what are you guys doing tonight yada 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 so make sure you drink <laughs> a lot of water like but like afterwards i was like oh my god if i smoked cigarettes i would go outside for one right now oh my god can i um, can i tell you a can i tell yeah, you a no. story i'll tell you a 1990s <laughs> okay so uh, to bring it way back when i was probably 16 so this was like 1996 ish um i i <laughs> I was piercing. All right, this is gonna sound really bad. I did a let me just say I did a whole episode basically apologizing for the things I did as a teenage body piercer. The nineties were were a, a scary time for body Wild piercing, West, but it's an educational really. yeah, it's an educational time. That's all. So my education, my the first PA I ever did, you know, I was piercing a bunch of friends at at my house, and mm -hmm. uh, the, when this one kid was like, "Oh, my uncle wants to get a, a Prince Albert. Will you do that?" And I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'll do that." You know, and 
Uh, so, you know, this uncle older guy came over and then, like, you know, pulled his pants down and he had, like, you know, the male dribble a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where I was like, I don't know what to do in this situation right now. <laughs> so I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going to pierce and just pretend like that's not there and just not mention it. And it was just one of those things. And I, I, I am so glad that my first one was one where I was just like, I don't know what to do in this situation. I need an adult. But, uh, yeah, but, um, you know, so I, I get it how there is that intimidation factor for people right. that, that don't already have experience, you know, because you see you see people in a very intimate way, and sometimes it's not in a flattering way, and you, know, right. you and need to have also, that theater face. So many, like, there's so many anatomical differences, especially for any kind of, like, internal female piercings. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. The difference that you can find from client to client, it can be sometimes, like, am I actually looking in the right area right Right. now? Like, is this something that we can even offer for this client? Because I, a lot of times will show portfolio photos. And if clients start with, well, mine doesn't look like that. Right. I I have to do the whole entire, well, everybody's anatomy is very different. We're going to figure out what's going to work for the best for you and your body and your partner and your sex life. Everything will work out in the end. But sometimes if you see atypical anatomy that you haven't seen before, even that can be like, Yes, you have to have theater face, but even you could be like, holy, holy shit, this is cool. Most right. of the time I look at it from like, oh, my God, this is fascinating. Right. But you can't yeah, really right. tell clients like, oh, my God, this is so different. I'm so thrown like thrown off Usually by this. This is amazing. Not, no, right. right. But, yeah, sometimes you see incredibly unique anatomy and you're like, mm-hmm. man – you know, and in, in, in some situations, I won't say, you know, I won't make some sort of comment like, oh, my God, look at that. You right. know, but sometimes I'll say like, hey, just so you know, you know, I, I know that we had discussed this piercing, but, you know, you have, you know, really unique anatomy for these other options. And right. I just wanted to give you alternatives. And then if you still want to choose your original piercing, no problem. We can go with that. But I just want you to know, you know, you are very well suited for a yes. Dido, or you're very well suited for a triangle, or you're very right. well suited for a Christina, or whatever, you know? And sometimes it, it ends up going that way, you know? Sometimes people, oh, I, I never thought of that, and, right. you know, I, I that looks really cool, and what do you have for jewelry? And then you end up doing that, and it, it's a great experience, and that's all part of, I think that's you know, also confidence boosting. When you phrase it totally. like that, well, you're really well suited for. Yeah. My favorite is, like, when a client it comes in for a VCH, and, like, we do the vertical cut, and I'm like, hey, just so you know, like... You are really well suited for a triangle piercing or an upper labia or anything like that, Um, especially for triangles like the VCH and triangle are kind of like the dream team of genital piercings when it comes to this world. So if you wanted to ever do that in the future, here's my business card. You can call. We can do a consultation if you do have more questions on it. Um, Just let me know if that's something that interests you because it make it builds confidence with your genitals. Like, obviously, when you're getting them pierced, you feel a little bit better afterwards just because you have some metal there, which is great. Um, But if you can add like a sparkle to a part of your body that you're already like maybe a little insecure of, it's just going to build up your entire mood for like the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. My mantra has always been, if you are insecure about a part of your body, put a diamond on it because then you (laughs) physically can't hate it. You know, like that works. Yeah. So um, two two different kinds of, you know, again, paths that, that usually come up in a conversation like that is you have the people who they, you know, they're self-conscious to the point where they don't really know a lot of their own anatomical features. Right. And then, you know, if we're talking specifically about people that are a little bit shy and nervous, I'm not talking about the people that'll drop their trousers like in the, the lobby, you know, but. Right. Uh, and then there are the other people who are shy and nervous to talk about it, but they know everything like it's the. The back of their genitals, you know, and right. uh, like they they might have they might not have thought about 
you know, uh, non-traditional piercings or, you know, not less popularized piercings. And sometimes they just love thinking about those options, you know, like there have been lots of clients that have come in for something like a PA or something like a VCH, like the very, very well-known popularized mm -hmm. genital piercings. And then I say like, you know, oh, have you ever, have you ever thought about this? And, you know, like, oh, you know, and if that, if that's what you're going for, you know, maybe you'd want to consider this, you know, and there have been clients who have come in for that one piercing and then you end up like, 10 piercings into a project, you know, and they're like, oh, this is so cool. What else can we do? And it's like, all right, awesome. Let's go with it. Yeah. And also to kind of go off of that even more so, like clients who I've had so many young women specifically come in over the last few years looking to get specifically vertical hoods because they want to, they haven't had an orgasm with their partner mm -hmm. and they think that this will be the next step to that. Um, so, also having like not necessarily a sex ed conversation with them, but like a conversation about how this piercing will work as well as you and your partner will use it. Mm -hmm. It's about figuring out communications and figuring out how this works the best for you and your sex life and how you're going to use the piece of jewelry to enhance your sex life if that's what you want it to do. So it's also like not just a confidence booster with their own anatomy but also like how to talk to their partner sometimes is right. the biggest thing that i end up doing is like well have you talked to him about this like have you tried this like have you guys used this especially like young women like age 18 19 20 who are looking to just have their first orgasm with their boyfriend of six months Ugh. like this is probably not <laughs> the thing that you people. need if i'm being honest with you right but i'm willing to help you and talk to you about how maybe you can talk to your boyfriend about how this can help if you use it in this way see i uh, i i don't know if that's just a, a gender thing or a generational thing or whatever but i would never even consider having that question unless they they asked i mean having that conversation unless they asked a specific question you know so yeah i, I think it I definitely have more of a candid approach when it comes to especially young women. Yeah. Um, like if I'm doing geesh piercings on men, it's a very personal question. This is going to be very intimate. Like we're going to ask a lot of TMI questions and talk a lot. But for young women, especially who are looking to get their first genital piercing, I'm like, so how long have you been thinking about doing this for? Mm -hmm. Well, what made you decide to get this done? And then that normally stems into a deeper conversation. Right. And I'm always happy to help them to get the piercing, obviously, but sometimes it goes into a way deeper topic than I originally anticipated it being. Right, right. Well, you know, I, I would I would have those conversations with anyone who asked, but you know, right. I, I you know, that can probably be unrealistic because people are probably too nervous or self conscious to ask sexual functionality questions specifically. But you know, when it when we get to the the aftercare conversation, you know, that's a lot of times if if they came with someone, you know, I'll say I, I would really prefer them to be in the room while we discuss aftercare. Um, so a partner knows, you know, what's maybe out of bounds for a little while, what needs to be protected, what needs to be kind of like babied a little bit, you know. Right. Um, and then in, in those conversations, you know, sometimes we can kind of branch off into other things. And, you know, a big part of it is I usually... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell people like I, I specifically am not going to tell you to abstain for any period of time. All I'm going to tell you is protection for at least the first four to six weeks, even if it's with a regular partner, including oral sex. And that's right. usually the, the main point that I start with, you know, and then if they get bright red or something that I know like they, okay, that they, they might not be receptive to more information, but if they're like, okay, cool. How, you know, what about certain lubes? What about certain this? What about certain that? Then, then the conversations can kind of branch off, you know, and then sometimes they branch quite far off, you know, but, um, yeah, I always really, I, I personally 
always try to leave it to them, you know, and especially when we're talking about placement, you know, and, and I, I feel like I get this more frequently with, um, with, with men than with women, uh, you know, when it comes to penile piercings saying, you know, I want huge and I want this placement and I want that placement. And, you know, I'm not going to say no, but I'll usually try to just take it back a step and be like, just try to, you know, consider, consider a partner, you know, do you think this would be comfortable for a partner? Um, you know, I have, you know, firsthand knowledge of certain genital piercings and it's like, well, you know, maybe uh, a partner might not find this configuration or this option super comfortable. You might want to discuss it with them. Uh, you know, if you need to make a phone call for a few minutes before we start picking out jewelry replacements, I'm fine with that. Or if you wanted to come back with a partner here so we can kind of discuss things collaboratively, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, and, and I do find that sometimes people just, you know, they're, they're so focused on, on getting something for themselves that they kind of forget about that component of, well, this can also be a, a really, you know, uh, integral this part can, of my relationship or my sex right. life, you know? This can affect the other person that I'm attached to right now. Right. Um, I mean, actually, to kind of hop off of that topic, my... I actually had set up for a geesh piercing. I was with a male gay couple um, who were doing it for their anniversary. So we started by first talking about like, okay, you guys, if you do engage in any kind of sexual activity, make sure we're staying away from any kind of silicone lubes or anything like that. And then I started actually, we started talking more intimately about like who is the top, who is the bottom? How do you want this jewelry to swing? Do you want this to just be aesthetics? If this wants to be a higher placement, do you actually want the bead to function? Do you want to pull on the jewelry for more function in the future? And then when all was said and done, when we had marked, cleaned, we were talking about what direction we should actually have the bead swinging for their sex life. And they started talking about, well, he has a bad back, so we better do it this way because we primarily do missionary. And they're like, oh, my God, you have to have back surgery within the next two months. So <laughs> I guess we shouldn't get this what giant piece of metal. I know it was like I spent like 40 minutes with them and literally no piercing happened by the end of it because I was like, there is no way to put a retainer in this piercing while this is like healing so we can't salvage this if you do need to have surgery in the next eight weeks and that was like a really in-depth very intimate and vulnerable conversation that we had um and i think that does kind of stem a lot of times from the fact that i am a woman and because they were gay men i think they also felt more comfortable with me because they knew i was like a queer woman Mm -hmm. so i knew like terminology that maybe like some heterosexual people who are not familiar with gay culture do not necessarily know like obviously top and bottom is pretty it's more so known but like being able to have a conversation and not have an awkward conversation about it having to decipher what color bandana they have and what (laughs) brown oh i don't want to deal with you Uh, right we can have a more a less awkward conversation about these certain terms um so i think it does a lot of times have to do with how comfortable you are having those conversations, but also how comfortable that client's having a conversation with you like that. Like not everyone is going to want to talk to me about what their sex life is like at all. Like a lot of people are not, but some people they're very okay with it. And it's just about like how you approach it and like how you make them feel like it's not a big deal. Cause if they say something and all of a sudden you act like it's weird, well then they're going to second guess themselves and think it's weird. Right. Exactly. And then they're not going to be 
necessarily as open and okay with doing the procedure the way that you originally intended. One of the one of the big things that I always pick up on when I'm when I'm talking to a piercer and it instantly it's this very subconscious thing, but I instantly know like you know their kind of experience level, you know, and, and you know maybe not quality level, but at least experience level, you know, and um, it's just that they can talk about genital piercings and genital service and, and, and questions and stuff like that. And they have that total deadpan, like they're just explaining the recipe for tacos, you know, and it's just, right. it's so like, you know, sometimes people will come in, you know, and every now and then I'll get that, that bro. That's like, yeah, I bet you see a lot of like tits and pussies. Huh? And I'm just like, so what? I see a lot of like dicks too. And I'm, yeah. I'm looking at one right now, you know? And, and, uh, it's, it's just like, I am so desensitized and I find genital piercings like um, uh, in a professional setting so desexualized you know where it's just like we're, we're gonna we're gonna figure out this this issue and, and figure out the right formula for you you know and, and part of it is is your sexuality and you know whatever comfort level you have in discussing that and and that's all gonna go into the formula for what we're what we're doing today you know and totally just desensitized to it so hearing you say that you can have those conversations and it's not like you know you giggling or or anything like that you know it's just i I can i can tell that you're you're comfortable with them you know and i'm super comfortable with them and uh you know if that's what maybe some piercers are are missing you know because they just haven't had the exposure or the the mentoring or, or whatever like you know how how do people how do people learn that if they don't have that mentoring in their own studio and they don't have the privilege of, of someone like you or I where we can just like pick up and go to any top level studio we want and talk to any of our piercer buds, you know, like where, where do you think someone would start? I really think that finding like online resources are going to be huge. Like obviously every platform is going to be problematic in some ways, but finding someone online that you can relate to on some level and engaging with that. Like the fact that so many people, especially of like the generation between Jim Ward and my generation are open to mentoring people, start a dialogue with them. Like I am not of the same generation as like you or my mentors by any means, but I'm also not like the newest generation that's coming out. Like I've been in the industry technically now for like nine years. I've been piercing outside of the apprentice, my apprenticeship for six years. Um, so I have a fair, like an okay amount of experience, but I'm not someone that necessarily you should be going to for genital mentorship. You should be going to like people like Alicia Cardella. You should be going to people like you, like you should be going to Luis Garcia for certain things like infinite. You should be going to studios like that and starting to talk to someone who works in those studios about what your next step should be. And if you don't feel comfortable shadowing quite then and there, that's fine. But I think that if you want to start branching out into that, find someone that you can at least talk to about it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't don't have someone that you can necessarily shadow, that person can help you to find someone. Right. Just, I think that part of the issue a lot of times with generations is like, the newest generation wants to be the best and we know the newest techniques and the newest things. And like, I'm not saying that in certain ways, newer techniques are better than old techniques. A lot of times they are, but you can't 
totally disengage from the power of knowledge. Like so many people, especially in your generation, like have been offering general piercings for 20 plus years. And even if they're doing it in a way that you don't necessarily feel comfortable in or agree with, their methodology for it is going to make sense to you in some way. Like mm-hmm. where they place the jewelry, where they um, actually, like what jewelry they choose for what body part and like the thickness, the length, all of those things are going to be learned with experience. And that's where you're going to get the best experience. Like people who have been piercing for 15 years plus. Do you feel you can, like a, an important factor in that also is that it's a generation of piercer that's more likely to have more genital piercings themselves? Like, do you feel like that is is something that's not quite as... I don't know, popular or, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, not, not everybody's talking about their junk, you know, and for, for good reason. But like, I, I don't know. I just feel like I've, I've been meeting more and more piercers who just don't, don't have intimate piercings. They're not interested in intimate piercings. And I, I get it, you know, and you can, you can read about it and you can watch videos of it, but you know, until you have lived with one and you've experienced it and, you know, it's, it's tough to connect to it and it's tough to, to fully offer a service if you haven't had a comparable service. I, I'm going to slightly disagree with you on that. Like I've had my Christina, I've had my VCH. I am not suited for a triangle, so I've never had one of those, but I've also never had my tongue pierced and I can still tell you how to appropriately take care of it and where to appropriately place it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to tell you the exact same sensation as what you're about to feel, but I can still tell you on a knowledgeable point, like what this is going to do for you in your life and how to take care of it. Right. Well, I don't don't mean like it's, it's exact as like, you know, I've had, the whole menu, you know, I, I understand. And uh, I think a lot of times it is nice to have some base knowledge for piercing. Like you should have an oral piercing in order to go over oral aftercare, something to that effect. But I think that a lot of times people are, once again, it comes down to people are not learning how to pierce genitals. So people don't have the desire to have their genitals pierced. I think, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, like, especially people who were pierced in the nineties, um, Obviously, like the 80s were super pioneer in a lot of ways with like the BDSM community and like the kink scene. But I think also in the 90s, like you were figuring out like other techniques, how to do this, and you're trying them on you and your friends. And now we kind of know how to do these things. And we know what appropriate jewelry works and what jewelry does not work and what placement does work. So I think that people don't feel like they have to learn on themselves or have their own genitals pierced in order to know what it's going to feel like. Right. Like. I had my mentor, Keith, he had at one point like 30 frenum piercings because he just kept doing right. No, I I am. (laughs) Oh, same reaction. Same reaction. But it was because he kept practicing them and then he would take them out after a while. He didn't have them for that long, but it was just to figure out like, how many can I actually do? How many will actually heal? Right. It's like you you figure, but like you were learning on trial and error and now we don't have to necessarily learn on trial and error. And it's not, I think that a lot of times, like, people who were getting genital piercings didn't necessarily always want every genital piercing that they had, but they did it to try it out. And now people don't necessarily need to try it out in order to figure it out. And if you don't have the desire to have one, then don't have it. Yeah, well, you know, so uh, first off, I'll just say you're welcome for me figuring it all out, apparently, (laughs) by, like, mangling myself in my teenage bedroom. There you Um, go. (laughs) Yeah, see? Uh, you know, I made the mistake so other people didn't have to, but, um, yeah, you know, that, that really makes a lot of sense to me, you know, and, 
this has been a very enlightening day for me to realize that I'm just a curmudgeon old body piercer at this yeah. point, you know? And, um, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll, I'll look at it a little bit differently. But uh, still, if you don't have one, just, just, just ponder the possibility of it. You don't have to get it, but just think of the possibility of what that would be like to, to live with and experience and heal and, and all those other things, you know? And right. Then that may, will maybe give you a, a wider perspective on... on offering that as a professional service or improving that as a professional service you already offer. I, I agree with that. Like, so my VCH I did uh, as an intro to me starting to do genital piercings. I had Sarah do mine probably like a year before I started doing genital piercings. Um, and I kind of did it as like a, now I know, now I, I know what it's like to have, I know what jewelry works the best for me and my anatomy. Um, and even my Christina, I had actually, Brooke Bittens, who works in Black Diamond, um, she did my Christina when she was, I think, like six months into offering genital piercings. And she'd done a, a couple Christinas already, but I was like, I want you to do this because, like, you're still pseudo learning. Like, you've been piercing for, like, seven years, but, like, you still don't have that much experience with Christinas. And I want you to do mine because it's like a bonding experience for us. Okay. And it was it was great. It was Great. And I'm so happy she did it. And now I know for clients who come back in for, with Christinas why certain things are happening for them. Like there can be migration. And now I know from firsthand, like don't wear lace underwear for the first few weeks when you have them. It's the worst experience in the world. That didn't seem like more but, of an obvi obvious thing beforehand. You know, like some of them have like a little liner in it and I thought that that would still be okay. Right. It wasn't. It, right. I also put like a giant gold top on the top of mine because Cause you're I a don't piercer. know. Yes. Cause I'm a piercer and cause gold, you know, Right. but it's healed. So. <laughs> well, I learned, uh, I, in, in my, in my teenage, very Marilyn Manson fan years, I learned the hard way that you can't wear fishnet tights with all those genital piercings. Oh, wow. Did you yeah. just tear them open in the crotch? Uh, yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I probably did. Not to give too much personal information, but I don't know. Fair. Over over time, twenty or so piercings on myself, you know, south of the border kind of thing. You know, right. not that I still have all of them now, but you know, um, and the the thing is, is like I've I have I have a thing about allowing other people to pierce me. You know, I'm I'm not I'm believe it or not, I'm a bit of a control freak. And, shocking, uh, yeah. shocking. Yeah, really. You know, believe it. Um, so I. Everything below the waist, I've, I've done it all myself, you know, and essentially almost everything else. I think out of the piercings that I have today, I have one of my piercings out of like, you know, 30-ish that, that was done by someone other than me. And that was just a forward helix that Jesse V did on me. And uh, everything else, self-done, you know, and same thing downstairs. And uh, that, that definitely probably changed my perspective and, you know, my, my opinion on other people piercing or not piercing themselves, especially in that area kind of thing, you know, and... Um, but I, I do see value in it, you know, even if it's something that you're not going to keep permanently or heal, you know, and, um, I would just encourage, especially those piercers who really want to gain experience, but don't know how to start. Just look down basically. I will say that you, I'm going to do the privilege point for a second. Most of the time, male anatomy is very external, not always right. the case for female anatomy. So you have totally. to be like propped up in a mirror looking in that hand mirror might be even at an angle too. Right. So I, I agree. I think that you should use your own anatomy as like but an educational portion. Right. There is going to be a slight difference in how that goes. 
Um, if it'll make you feel any better, I did a six gauge scalpel geesh on myself. Whoa! Why? I, because I'm <laughs> stupid, basically. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I have another adjective other than stupid for that one. Yeah. Wow! Wow! Yeah. How much did that bleed? Uh, not much, because I have an excellent technique. Okay. Okay. I, I just I knocked a giant taper through the hole after. Basically. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, I respect that. I respect that decision, and I respect you scalpeling your own quiche. Good for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not the smartest person in the world. That's okay. None so, of us are. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I think we've made a lot of good points. I think I have I I have learned a fair amount through this conversation too. You know, and. Um, but I, I still want to, I still want to put it out there and I still want to keep people motivated. I still want to keep people interested in the topic, you know, make the decisions that you think are appropriate for you and your, your professional career. But I really do want to urge you to, even if you're not going to offer it, at least learn the broad strokes of the technique, you know, um, do something like, you know, read the piercing Bible, you know, right. scour Elaine's website, you know, try to find some videos online, try to, you know, if you're at conference, try to take some of the, the genital specific classes, you know, or even just reach out to someone and, and just ask questions, you know, and um, just learn as much as you can. And then if you want to offer it, offer it great. If you don't feel comfortable offering it, hey, at least you know, and you can give people better advice or information or better referrals or better aftercare advice, you know, all those different things. But that's that's know. the big thing. I think that people should still be educated with what the proper placement is, what jewelry is appropriate, how to take care of them, the pros right. and cons of most of them. So even if you are unsure of those things, I think you should reach out to someone just to educate yourself, even if you do not plan on offering them. Um, like at our studio, Keith, our owner, he's male. He does not offer female genital piercings because we have two female piercers on staff who do. Um, and we, between Sarah and I, we work all seven days a week. So between the two locations, someone can always have that service done um, unless there's a tragedy or something like that. But Keith has made the decision to not offer them because most female clients wanted a female piercer anyways, but he knows appropriate placement, appropriate jewelry. He can do changes on that. He can troubleshoot with clients about it. And he doesn't need to do the service to still give someone information about the service. Right. Um, <clears throat> if you don't feel comfortable doing that, that's fine, but you should still be able to tell your clients about them and how they're healing and all of that kind of stuff. You should educate people even if you're not going to be doing them. So if you can give me your opinion on how I – how I handle a certain interaction because you know what you mentioned you know you have a male piercer choosing not to offer female genital piercings because there are female staff members that that can offer it mm -hmm. um, in, in my studio we have two body piercers it's me and Evan you know so we we don't have the what I, I, I would consider a, a, a more diverse staff as far as gender goes you know it's a lot of men um, I, we do have one female tattoo apprentice and we have one female tattoo artist, um, but we have no female body piercers, you know, so sometimes women will email or call and they'll say, oh, you know, do you have a female piercer on staff? And no, we don't, but we have, you know, very well trained body piercers, you know, very well experienced body piercers. Um, and it's, it's difficult sometimes to have, to answer that question and not seem insensitive because in my mind, I'm screaming like, would you rather have it done by someone who is just the gender you're looking for or someone who is very qualified to offer the piercing? And it's not my place to tell people how to make that decision about their body. But I, sometimes I just, I, I get 
I get frustrated, you know, and I keep it inward, you know, I still have customer service voice, but I get frustrated that someone would kind of dismiss 20 plus years of experience um, for just looking for the, the, the gender they want if maybe that person is not qualified, you know, and I, I do know some people who are not qualified to, to offer the piercings they're offering, you know, and um, I don't know how to have that conversation and not seem insensitive or not seem pushy, you know? I think that you can, once again, boil down to education. You have to educate the client as to why you're the right decision. But at the end of the day, you are not going to convince everyone. Right. Some women will just not feel comfortable ever having a male pierce them. Right. Um, and vice versa. Right. And exactly vice versa. But I think that a lot of it, if they're reaching out to you for a gender thing, if you give them the appropriate information, just say, I've been piercing for X amount of years, mm -hmm. we use this quality jewelry, I've been doing general piercings for this long, here's a list link to my portfolio, yada, yada, yada. Most people who are just doing it because they feel kind of uncomfortable being around a man, they'll still come to you. For other people who have been victims of sexual assault, who are using this as like a reclaiming of their body, and don't feel comfortable having someone of the opposite gender necessarily touch them, they're not going to come to you probably either way. And right. I think that it's just a matter of like not being condescending, but still giving out the information as to why you are the appropriate choice for them to make, mm -hmm. just on yeah. their scale. I think know, that, I, yeah. I'm perfectly comfortable referring, you know, and saying, you know, because I have, you know, I'm lucky enough that I have excellent female piercers within half an hour, hour, you know, I've got visions, right. I've got piercing emporium, you know, and I can say, you know, you can, you can go here and you can talk to this person, you can talk to that person, you know, and I do tell the person, you know, hey, you know, just so you know, I'm, I'm happy to refer you to a female body piercer in the area, you know, but just so you know, you know, I have 20 years of experience, I'm, I'm the only APP member in the state, you know, I, I teach these classes, I've taken these classes here, you can look at 20 of my training certificates on the wall that include those subjects and this and that and whatever and you know and if people are in in a situation where they're kind of on the fence you know more often than not that conversation would be like okay well i feel comfortable and da, 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 you know and if if people needed anything else you know I'm, I'm happy to help them through that process you know i have had situations where people have been kind of reclaiming you know whether it's just after a divorce or after a surgery or you know maybe after something you know more traumatic you know and uh, I, I always say, you know, like, you know, this is this is your choice and you're in control. You know, you tell me when you are ready. You know, I'm just going to I'm going to go with your breathing. But you tell me when you're ready for me to, to do the piercing, to to mark, to clean, to insert jewelry, to any any of that stuff. You know, this is your piercing and I'm just here to facilitate that, you know. So right. if I can get to that point in the conversation, things seem to work out really well, you know, and, and I, I would never want to tell somebody like, you know, just look at qualifications first, you know, because you have to be comfortable, you know, for for it to be a happy, successful piercing. But um, sometimes it can be difficult for, for me to have that kind of conversation because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be like, please just listen to me. I'm very nice. I really just want to pierce you, you know? And it, it's, it, they, have to, they have to make that decision for, for themselves, and I respect that. Yeah, I think it's just about, like, giving them the information about why you are so experienced and why you would be the right decision for them if they're looking for a quality piercing. Mm -hmm. um, and just not a condescending kind of way. It's like educating a client versus just talking down to them or yeah. telling them the right way. Um, but it sounds like you're doing the perfect response. Like you're showing them their portfolios. You're showing them that you are a skilled 
piercer. And just because you do not have female anatomy does not mean that you are not going to be a qualified person to do this. Right. Well, you know what? So what I try to think of is I am the emissary for every other body piercer out there that I know, you know, like my, my friends and my colleagues, like sometimes when people walk through the door, you know, I want people to realize you might have had a similar interaction a thousand times, you know, and you might just be like, oh, it's some another nervous person that wants to get something, but they're they're being a baby about a blah, blah. They, they might be number 1000 that you've dealt with, but you might be one and only body piercer that they've ever talked to. So it's like you right. don't want to ruin someone's experience or, or make some sort of negative connection in their mind between body piercers and, and them, you know? And I want people to, to come into my studio and be like, so clean, so professional, so educated, so welcoming, so friendly, so, you know, uh, sharing knowledge and all that stuff, because then they're going to think like, you know, okay, you know, maybe, maybe these other shops are, are, are you know, are going to be offering the same thing. And, uh, you know, so even, even if I don't end up piercing someone, like I want them to have all the information, you know, and especially if they're, if it is a situation like someone's like, well, I don't feel comfortable. I am going to, I'm going to seek out a female piercer. Then it's like, cool. Do you want to maybe just talk about jewelry or aftercare while you're here? And I can answer any questions so that you're better educated to, to go and, you know, have a conversation with the next person. Right. And sometimes they do that, you know, and hopefully they'll just, you know, they'll, they'll learn the difference between what's a good and a bad service. And hopefully they'll they'll pick the right place for them, for them, you know, but, um, is that a, a cute kitty in the background? God damn it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you could hear him. He's trying to get in to eat his food. I'm so Let sorry. Let him in, you monster. <laughs> that cat He's literally clawing at the door. Go get your cat. Be a good cat mom. His name is Stape. He's being needy right now. Very cute. And oh, then you sorry. still have, you still have Nacho? Yeah, Nacho. Not so macho, Nacho. He's also very upset because I, I trapped them outside of the bathroom. I'm just like hovering in here right now because it's like the quietest space in the house. You're not, um, you're not recording a podcast with me while you're on the toilet, are you? Definitely not. No, okay. no. Just <laughs> sitting on the edge of the tub. That's all. But okay. Snape is being a needy, needy man. Oh, come on, buddy. You're getting out now. Okay. So Good boy. Good boy. Go. Thank you. Okay, sorry about that. Totally fine. <laughs> I was really hoping you couldn't hear him. <laughs> That's no, it's it's adorable. I, I you know, I am a, I'm pet friendly, so you right. Know, no yes, there. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is kind of a good place to start, like winding it down. Is there is there anywhere is there anywhere else you want to go on the topic? Is there anything else you wanna you wanna point out? No, no. I think that the, we covered some really nice things, like. I think that it is important for people to be educated, even if they're not going to offer the service of genital piercings and making people feel like it's okay to get their genitals pierced. Um, I also think that it's important to validate and acknowledge and be inclusive of like the queer community, because that is a lot of where our history stems from, at least like in modern day body piercing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's important. Even if it didn't, even if it didn't have that link still, you know, right. No, but like, even if you are not, if you're, if you are a part of this, you should be inclusive of them, no matter what, like if you are in any way a part of this, you should be a safe space for them. Right. Um, So I think that all the things that we talked about were really great. Like, I don't know. I think that also we as a studio, we're also trying to be not just, inclusive of like obviously lgbtq people but also like of our entire community like we definitely try to make a space that is welcoming to local small businesses like 
it, we do a lot of like fundraisers for like our crisis services area and we do a lot of participating for like project semicolon events and stuff like that so just creating an environment that is inclusive of every walk of life mm-hmm. especially people who already are interested in our profession because we are very lucky to be doing what we're doing and be able to make a living with it. And the fact that we have that opportunity, we should be able to give back in other ways, you know, whether that's just creating an environment that feels like a safe home for these people that support us financially and emotionally. um, But just to kind of create and cultivate like a community sense around your studio. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can, I mean, you can obviously grow, you know, your market too, by, by being more inclusive to more people, but it has the added bonus of you're a human being. They're a human being. Just treat them like a human being. Right. Just be, don't make anybody's life harder than it has to be. Right. Like at the end of the day, life is really fucking hard. Don't make anybody else's life harder. Right. Like you might be like trapped in a bathroom with someone not allowed to eat food. Right. No, he just wants his can of wet food at this point. He's spoiled and gets a can of wet food every night, and now it's closer to the end of the night, and that's what he wants. And you're a he's, monster. Yes. And he's screaming at me. So. All right. So I, I'm going to let you go and, and live the, the, the pet life. But Thank you. Uh, so one more time, give me give me your studio info and your social info, your um, social media stuff. Yeah, my name's Anna Beal. I work at Cowpoke in Buffalo, New York. Uh, we have two locations between the city. And my Instagram handle is Bonanza with four A's. My hashtag is piercing by Anna Beal. Hey, um, how close is Hamilton, Ontario to you? Is that where Jesse is? Uh, no, he's in uh, Cambridge, Ontario. He's like a, a little bit northwest of that, I think. Okay. Hamilton, I'm... I feel like that's only like 45 minutes across the border. Okay. You can, you can uh, literally like, I can literally walk across the border from our studio. I'm going to, I'm going to drop in a, a blatant plug, but hey. uh, I'm getting ready to announce that on November 4th, I'm going to be doing an all day freehand seminar in Hamilton, Ontario. Oh shit. What day of the week yeah. is that? Sunday. It's Sunday. Wait, Hamilton, October. Uh, oh, Fuck. Okay, so I'm getting back from Mexico that week. I am sorry I will not be able to attend, but please, that plug, people should definitely go to that. That will be very beneficial. Uh, I'm sure I'll talk more about it in, like, you know, the intro and outro crap on the show. But, yeah, November 4th, uh, Hamilton, Ontario. Well, I hope everybody attends. That sounds like it'll be a great time. I would definitely be there. Oh, I know, I know. I'll be traveling the other direction internationally. Thank you very much. Poor you. I know. (laughs) All right, you go live your life, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right, good talk, even though there was some slight animal abuse going on in the background. Uh, It's always fun to catch up with Anna. I I usually only get to see Anna at the APP conference, so, you know, it's nice to be able to talk to some of my once-a-year conference friends online and, uh, you know, start to get them on the show. So uh, I want to kind of continue that trend forward. And, uh, you know, again, if, if you're somebody that... Um, that I know, you know, even if you're somebody that I don't know well and you're, you're interested in being on the show, you have a good idea for a subject or, or maybe another guest that you want to suggest to me, um, reach out, let me know, you know, ryanpba at gmail.com or if we're Facebook friends, shoot me a message on there. Um, you know, I, I want to keep some content going, but I also want to talk about, you know, issues that matter to the industry. I don't want to just keep talking about the same things over and over again. You know, I want to have, um, diverse points of view and, um, you know, maybe even some 
debates. You know, I, I've got a kind of a debate episode in mind for Camp APP in the fall. It's going to be kind of a softball one. I'm going to be talking to Jeff Saunders about skin prep. You know, he'll be pro iodine, I'm sure, and I'll be pro PCMX, you know, Pure Cleanse, Technicare, stuff like that. Um, should be a, a good one, but we can kind of talk about both sides of the coin, you know, and I'm sure there are lots of other subjects where there can be a, a lively debate, lively, friendly discussion. Uh, we can talk about lots of different subjects, and I, I feel like that's exactly what my show's for. Next week, I should be getting an interview with Kellen Smith online. Uh, we recorded a, a pretty good conversation, uh, but I, you know, again, my, my goddamn settings were off, um, and I, I only recorded my audio. I didn't record Kellen's audio, so we had to re-record it, but I think the second one came out even better, so um, I'll get that one up for you next week. Next week is when I'm going to be in the UK APP conference, so uh, I'll be recording lots of episodes. Hopefully, I'll be recording lots of interviews, and I'll get those up over the, the following weeks. Um, I, I do have an episode planned to get posted for BMX week, which will be the following week. Um, I think that one is going to be an episode with Lucas Sapira. So um, let's see how it goes. Let's see if I have enough time to finish editing two more podcast episodes when I still have to kind of finish tweaking one of my classes for UK APP. And I still have to do that whole pesky thing of running a business and, and piercing. So um, come back next week, and hopefully I'll have a show ready for you. Thanks for listening. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.